welcome along to the latest edition of the Irish Rally Podcast. Well, what about that for an event at Alton Park where our Irish drivers absolutely busted? It was, of course, the Neil Howard stages, which was the opening round of the British Rally Championship. And in this episode, we will speak to two of the big winners from the event. First up, it's JWRC driver William Creighton, who took junior honours, of course, in a very impressive display. And then we'll be joined by Sam Moffat, who took overall honours at Alton Park in what was a fantastic performance against the cream of the BRC. The episode, of course, is brought to you in association with FAC, the simply automatic choice for automation equipment for gates, doors, barriers and rising bollards, available from your security installer and electrician, and distributed to the trade in Ireland North and South by National Automation, the one-stop distributor for automation equipment, door entry intercom systems, CCTV, intruder and fire alarms, access control and locks. And for more, you can visit nal.ie forward slash products. I'm delighted to be joined on the Irish Rally Podcast by William Creighton, fresh from his success over at Alton Park, the first round of the British Rally Championship, of course, Neil Howard Stages. And William, first in the, the junior BRC, um, you must be thrilled with that. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, it was good weekend, or uh, I suppose bank holiday Monday. But um, yeah, brilliant start of the championship. Uh, tricky little rally, uh, but it was nice weather. The track was beautiful. Um, and yeah, no, it was uh, it was a fun weekend. So getting quick out of blocks was it something you kind of planned beforehand that maybe you build up ahead of steam and then I won't say try and see it out because obviously you have to keep focus on that. But it certainly stood to you. Yeah, no, that that was definitely the the plan was to try and get out of the blocks quickly. Um, the events that I've been doing sort of this year, it's that's what you have to do with those. So I suppose I've I've learned that there in the JWRC that you can't get caught sleeping. You have to be on it from the from the first stage so yeah, that was that was definitely the plan to try and go as fast in the first stage as we would in the last stage sort of thing so uh yeah that that definitely worked our advantage you're no stranger of course to this championship and have competed quite strongly in in it over the last couple of years and but you're kind of saying to me off air that it's just something i suppose not demeaningful or anything but you really want to get as much seat time as possible for the jwrc as well yeah, the British Championship's a, a brilliant championship to be a part of. It's mixed surface and, you know, there's a lot of Rally 4 cars there. So it's it's good practice for the JWRC. Uh, we first competed in the BRC in 2017, I think it was, up against Callum Devine. And we just missed out on that. So, you know, it's also a bit of a monkey on my back that I'd, I'd really love to have that, um, have that junior championship. So, yeah, a mix between getting seat time for the JWRC, trying to stay as sharp as possible, but at the same time, you know, I'd I'd love to win that championship. Absolutely. Well, you got off to a great start. Um, <laughs> regards regards the event itself, like the lead up to it and all. What was the the few days like beforehand? Uh, recce time, etc. Uh, obviously, I would say there was a huge difference between that and what you were looking at in terms of Croatia and Portugal. But yeah. you know, what what was that like? What were the similarities? What were the differences? And how did you approach all those? Yeah, well, we got back from Portugal on the the Monday evening, and obviously you're you're tired after an event like that. So it was a short turnaround then to get in the ferry on Saturday to head over. So I didn't put a lot of preparation into the event itself in terms of onboards and and notes and stuff like that for Open Park uh, before Portugal because I was just solely focused on that and then. As soon as Portugal was over, uh, started to focus in on Open Park and YouTube and onboards, whatever was available to us. And then, of course, it was quite a. It's quite different. We haven't done it for a while. You don't get a recce uh, in a car or anything. So it's you get the bikes in the trailer and you jump on. You go for a cycle. So uh, I don't know how many miles we 
clocked up on the bike on on Sunday uh, around the track, but uh, that was you know it, it's hard to judge the circuit whenever you're out on the bike and you're not taking obviously things as as much speed as you would in the car. So uh, yeah, it was um, it was actually quite difficult to to do a recce for that, but as I said, it's nice to get out on the bike and at least see your surroundings and you know get a bearing of where you're where you're going. It had a kind of a Lurgan Park feel to it. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly what it was like, especially there was a little gravel section and it was quite narrow and trees either side of you. So, um, yeah, it, uh, it it was a bit like Lurgan Park um, and, you know, how, how tricky Lurgan Park can be and it's very easy to make a mistake there. So, uh, yeah, I'd say that there was a gravel section in the first stage and that probably, you know, I was confident that I could carry a bit of speed through that. And I think that's maybe where we were able to nick a bit of time in the other boys. Yeah, and I suppose, was it hard to kind of not fall into the whole trap of, you know, you're on a circuit, obviously, and you could be mistaken into thinking, I'm in a touring car here, and stop listening to the notes. So how how careful did you have to be, and how cognizant were you of that, like, in terms of listening to Liam? Yeah, I mean, it was also difficult that I'm not sure, in these single venue rallies, I don't think you're really supposed to have, you know, a, a, a set of notes. So, you know, we, we didn't have the normal pace notes that we would have okay. for any other rally, so um you had a, a diagram and uh i think it was quite strange because obviously liam counted me down and then after that he maybe maybe didn't say a whole lot because there's not a lot he can say um obviously it, it's really tricky in, in terms of the splits and merges and lots of cars and tracks so it, it's difficult for the navigator they're trying to do quite a lot of things at the one time you know keep your right where you're meant to be going but also looking out for other cars and and stuff like that so yeah, Liam, Liam did a great job, and uh, it was uh, it, it's something that we haven't done in a while. But I think Liam and I did the Junior One Thousand together, and obviously a lot of those events were single venue, so we had we had a good bit of experience with that sort of stuff. Just albeit probably not as uh, quick a car. It seemed like uh, for a while there, you know, in some instances, anyway, when you're talking about splits and stuff, it was like a lad pulling out of a junction. You're nearly having looking, is rat coming that way, sort of thing. <laughs> in, yeah, you know, in some in some parts of it, like that's how it seemed, anyway. Yeah, no, it, it was, it was, it was tricky. Um, I say you're approaching the splits at quite a high speed, so uh, and also there's quite a lot of chicanes, and I think I didn't have much of a mirror left by by that stage. So uh, you're you're trying to you're trying to look out of a mirror that the boys have taped back on um, and you can't see too much out of it. Uh, but yeah, thankfully we, uh, we stayed out of trouble in terms of that. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's the nature of those rallies. And, you know, I think quite a lot of people, you know, including myself, we get stuck in a bit of traffic and things like that, but I think everybody has a bit of that. So there's no point getting frustrated about it. You just got to deal with it and hopefully it doesn't, you know, hold you up too much. And yeah, it's just, it's just the nature of those rallies. Yeah. Same, same for everyone, basically that's, you know, you can't really say a whole lot about kind of a thing like. Yeah, yeah, you know, but I suppose it affects maybe affects pe- more people, uh, you know, worse than others. But uh, all in all, I think it's sort of it's the same for everybody. Was there any moment of confusion when you're going through those splits on the on the route? Like, yeah, like it's in a couple of stages. There was actually two splits. So, and you maybe did you went left three times at one split, and maybe went left two times at the other split. So uh yeah and especially if you're in behind another competitor and he's on a different lap to you and he goes one way it's easy just to just to follow him so you always got to be you got to be switched on and and just sort of stick to what you're doing and, and remember what lap you're on and all that kind of stuff but yeah it, it is it's 
especially whenever you're not used to doing those events, it, it is really easy to to make a mistake. And fall into the trap, as the fella said. Um, obviously, you're not yeah. leading the championship, and it was an all-Irish one. Two, three as well, obviously, because Kyle White and Sean Topping second, and Eamon Kelly and Connor Moore in third, which was brilliant for uh, yeah. the MI Rally Academy crew. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's good to see all those guys out there, and I suppose that you know there's not a lot of rallying happening at the minute in in Ireland, so you know it's a good opportunity for all these guys to get over there and be part of the British Championship, and I think they all enjoyed the the weekend, and you know the results speak for themselves, and how good the the Irish guys are, are putting it up against the other guys over there. So, yeah, that and obviously the academy have been working hard uh, in the, when there hasn't been a lot of rallies coming, which has obviously kept everybody focused and that that's showing yeah, there, you know, that people are getting results and they were ready to rally whenever it came. Absolutely. And I suppose when you see so many people coming over from the island of Ireland and, and doing so well, it does cause to show, like, we have some of the best out there. And, you know... We've often said if we can get the financial backing for everyone, then we could mix it with literally anyone out there. Do you know, I think James Cullen said it recently with uh, Trevor I knew if there was a World Cup, we'd be there or thereabouts kind of a thing. Like we've so many good drivers here. <laughs> yeah, for the size of our country, we're definitely punching well above our weight. You know, and I think we do that in loads of different sports: golf, motorbikes, you know, everything. Uh, so yeah, but the, the opportunities that you know, myself and the other guys in the academy are getting. Um, it, we're so lucky. It's, you know, I don't know. This has never happened before. So everybody's taking the opportunities as they come. And it's nice to get results like this to, you know, to to make it all worth it. If I can just go back a little bit, we've briefly mentioned, uh, obviously, Croatia and, and Portugal. Portugal being the most recent. Um, you had to overcome a fair bit of adversity there. And you still put in a pretty good result, despite the fact that you had those issues like... Yeah, Croatia was probably the most difficult rally I've done in terms of the surface and uh, and just the, the stages were tricky. And then obviously, as you say, I've gone to Portugal and uh, I didn't think our pace would be as close to the to the top guys as it was. Um, so I, that, that surprised myself, to be honest, you know, and I think whenever I saw that the pace wasn't far away, it, it made me a lot more relaxed in the car and the driving was probably not as forced, you know, you you weren't going into every stage or around every corner thinking, oh, I got to I got to nick a second here or there. And uh, you didn't overdrive. You just knew if you did your own thing that the time at the end of the stage probably wouldn't be that far away. So it was a big confidence boost. And then, you know, of course, just again, the nature of that rally, it was extremely rough and a couple of mechanical issues. But uh, I think it was a big boost to the confidence. And, you know, going to Estonia now, it, 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 um, yeah, it gives you a bit of confidence and, I think Estonia is a bit, it's quite specialised and uh, I think it might be difficult to match the pace just as much as we did in Portugal, but, you know, I'll, I'll give it my all and, you know, see what's possible. And obviously it is a confidence building thing as well and what happened on Monday has surely given you that. Portugal led into Alton Park and it's all kind of garnering well together and coming together at the right time and obviously you've got a few weeks now to try and settle, I suppose, take stock and, yeah. um, you know, you needed that as well because... It is a busy enough time, like. Yeah, it. You know, I'm lucky that coming out of Portugal, I had plenty of seat time. I was, I was at a good pace in Portugal, and then heading into Dalton Park, it all just worked for us. Um, I think the, you know, the experience that I'm getting in the World Championship is, you know, is paying off. Uh, I think the rally like Dalton Park, we, you know, we were able to get quite a good lead, you know, the first half of the day, and you know, it's difficult to do that in such 
short stages that are hard to get a, a margin on, on guys. So definitely think that showed there. And yeah, it's nice to have now a couple of weeks to, you know, settle and, you know, prep for the next couple of rallies. What does um, a week of the JWRC actually look like? <laughs> it's uh, it's so intense, but uh, yeah, so much fun and uh, a huge experience. Uh, we usually we fly out on the Sunday um, to wherever we're going, and then on Monday the M Sport put on uh, you know it's academy, so they're they're trying to bring us on and teach us, and they put on lectures and briefings and all they can do to support us and try and bring us on as drivers and the co-drivers as well. So Monday you usually have a briefing and. Uh, you know, uh, a tire briefing as well, and something, a bit of a meeting to do with the rally and overview, uh, that sort of stuff, anything that needs talked about, any questions we have. And then it all really gets going on Tuesday, straight into recce, which could be 500, 550 kilometers a day in the car, long, long hours, um, and, and the same again on Wednesday. And then Thursday, we start with shakedown, another, uh, usually another tire briefing in the morning, and some media stuff and uh yeah then then a ceremony will start on thursday night and then and then the action starts on friday you probably don't even have a second to think i suppose the week has just gone in, in a flash like yeah it, it it is crazy to be honest you're you just you don't have much time to yourself um but at the same time it's night you know you try and schedule you know get 10 or minutes or 15 minutes uh each day just to sit down and, and chill out um but yeah, you really you don't have you don't have a lot of time to to do anything else that isn't related to rallying. Um, but yeah, it, it's intense, but but really good fun, and you know, getting over the finish line on a Sunday uh, makes it all worth it. Do you try and stay away? I, obviously, you've got someone looking after social media for you, I would say, and and all that kind of stuff. But do you try and stay clear of that then in that downtime? Is it important to literally just try and you know get away from everything or what are those minutes like because there isn't a whole lot of them but it's important to use them wisely because everything is so i suppose um tense and there's a lot going on and it can be quite tiresome if you're not in the right frame of mind yeah in the in the downtime i don't mind you know sit my phone or you know you know do some updates on social media i don't mind doing that it, it's really nice that over these weeks all the irish guys and these big rallies are getting so much support from every everybody back home especially because, you know, as I said, there's not a lot of rallying happening here, you know, so wherever there is a rally going on, everybody's wanting to know what's happening and, and how everybody's getting on. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's nice to stick some stuff up on social media and, and let everybody see how we're getting on and what we're up to. So, yeah, I, I don't mind doing that, you know, in the downtime and, you know, talking to some friends and, yeah, just chilling out, really. So, obviously, in quick succession, uh, you know, as we've kind of touched on, uh, can't remember if it was on or off air, but... We have the Nicky Gray stages in in close proximity to Estonia, and it's actually the weekend beforehand. So, ideal, yeah. I suppose, for you. Yeah, perfect for us, and I say that's one of the main reasons that we're doing the championship uh, to do a, a rally like the Nicky Crest offers some amazing stages. So, to do that, plus you obviously BRC, we get a recce, make our own notes. There's not really any better preparation heading into Estonia, so it'll yeah, it'll it'll make sure we're sharp and. Of course, it's not going to be easy to to get a result in um, Nicky Grist. You know, you've seen how tight it was at the open, at open Park there on Monday. So we're going to have to be at our best. And yeah, I, I'm not going to be going there just to do what's needed to say get a win. I'm going to be going to try and go as fast as I can, really, so that then going into Estonia, um, I'm you know at the best that I can be, really. 
And obviously, I would doubt you're looking towards or looking past the next rally. And even though you've got two in close proximity, but you have to have one little eye, I suppose, on later on in the year where there possibly is going to be a little bit of a clash, is there? With around yeah, the BRC. Yeah, there. To be honest, I can't remember what rally it was. Um, the Grand Grampian, maybe. Um, I think Ypres but, uh, is in around the same weekend, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So obviously mm. we'll um, we'll be in Ypres. So I think um, I think we can afford to drop one round of the BRC. So again, yeah. we can't really afford any mistakes. Um, but yeah, obviously we'll not be able to make that one. Uh, but yeah, it, uh, looking forward to Ypres at the same time. Um, but yeah, the, the JWRC calendar. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing as long as it's dry. Um, yeah. I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be a bit tricky in the wet, especially with all the world cars there, and you know there's going to be a huge field of R5s. So in the wet, it'll definitely be like driving through a through a field. But um, yeah, the JWRC calendar will go so quickly. So at the same time, I'm just trying to enjoy it as much of much as I can, and you know already trying to think about you know the the next year and planning and see see what we can do and. Once we get a taste, or I've got a taste for the World Championship, it's, it's really the only place you want to be, uh, especially for progressing yourself. It's fair to say the drug is kicking in, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I've got the bug. Yeah, 100%. Um, so in terms of what's happening on the island of Ireland then, obviously Motorsport Ireland did produce a calendar during the week. Um, are you going to get time to, to maybe have a look at a couple of those events, do you think, or what way is this going to pan out? I know your priorities are lying with the JWRC, and you'd be looking at this uh, BRC, obviously, now, too, and you'd be thinking, Jesus, a championship and that as well. But, you know, is there a kind of a, a temptation to think, wouldn't mind a few rounds of that now if it was going as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm hap- I'd am i love to do every rally that's happening. Um, but, of course, the, uh, the focus is on the JWRC, and the BRC is our is our practice for that and we want to do well in that championship so we can only do so much um but yeah if if any opportunity arises of course we'll would love to do more rallies but um i haven't given any thought and the likelihood of us doing a lot of you know too many rallies over here is probably slim uh but it's great to see the calendar out and you know a, a lot of nice rallies on that so fingers crossed that all that all goes ahead and we'll get things kick-started again here yeah, plenty of positivity. Like, I mean, in comparison to a couple of months ago, it looked pretty bleak. Um, you know, I suppose you were fortunate enough that you did get to go overseas and compete, William yeah. Blake. But for a lot of people here, they were like, geez, are we going to have an event? Are we not going to have an event? Yeah. And we do have a bit to go still. We won't get carried away, but it's looking very, very likely we'll have some good news, which is fantastic because I know on this podcast yeah. last year, we were kind of saying at the time, well, you know, the hopes were hinging on Wexford, and that was yeah. a couple of months ago. Uh, we're still here. Yeah. We're a bit more hopeful this time, and I just get the feeling that we have a bit more uh, of a better chance, I suppose, of seeing something happen. Yeah, like our JWRC program, it was probably, you know, we always wanted to do that, but it was organized quite late. So I'm one of the lucky ones that have been been able to do a bit of rallying, uh, quite a lot of rallying uh, throughout COVID. Uh, and for others here, I'm sure they're, they're jealous and they're just looking forward to to get and going again so yeah I, I really hope that everything does kick start here and i'm sure it will uh, very soon and i'm sure there's going to be huge interest already some of the events that are going on it's it's fastest finger first in terms of the entry list so uh yeah it's, it's good to see everybody's everybody's raring to go yeah and you know 
I suppose uh, you you know yourself. You know how lucky you are. I suppose uh, you're, and you're very grateful for that. I can actually tell by you. It's very, very clear. Um, the other thing you're lucky with as well is the time off. Other lads don't be so lucky with that sort of crack. <laughs> you're kind of fortunate yeah. enough in that regard. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm so lucky. You know, obviously, I've got the full support of my family uh, for the rallying that I do, and for that, I'm. I'm also grateful. Uh, we've got a family business in Belfast that, uh, again, we've been lucky throughout COVID. Um, it's been very busy, so. Uh, yeah, I, I was straight out of uni and uh, no time to think really. I did my exams from home and parachuted in then to the business and tried to help in whatever I could. And there was always something to do and there always will be something to do there, uh, which is uh, I'm very fortunate for. But yeah, I'm I'm lucky that I, you know, I, I don't have to be in nine to five Monday to Friday. Uh, I can I can really focus on the rallying whenever it's on, on the run up to events. So. But to be honest, you couldn't you couldn't do this if, if you didn't have that um, that luxury. And all the guys really in the JWRC are, are in the same boat, and and some of them even are you know one hundred percent you know just just rallying. So yeah, I am I'm really lucky, and, and I know that. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to enjoy it while I can, and I'll give it my full full focus for for however long that's possible. See where we can get to, and yeah, it's. Uh, there's plenty of time for a, for a nine to five job whenever I'm older, <laughs> Absolutely. but uh, yeah, no, I take it while I can. Yeah. Cause these, obviously the next, I suppose, 10 to 15 years are crucial. Cause that's when, okay, we see it in Ireland and we've seen it in Britain when guys go into their forties and in some cases into their fifties are still quite competitive. But as a driver, I think it's fair to say you're kind of at your peak at the age you're at now for the next yeah. 10 to 15 years. And you need to make that count, don't you? Yeah, I suppose it also it depends what you want to get out of rallying and, you know, guys at different ages are at different stages in their careers and they're in it for different reasons. You know, um, everything that's going on with the academy now and doing this program, it's it's fairly serious for us and I'm giving it my all. And, you know, there's later down the line, you know, there's I'll have the opportunity to rally in Ireland, I'm sure, or I hope I do anyway. Um, and yeah, I'm sure, you know, 15, 20 years down the line, wherever I am, I'll, I'll be doing some some form of motorsport and hopefully it'll be rallying in, in Ireland. Yeah, and looking after Cretans, of course, as well. <laughs> on, on the 9 <laughs> <Yeah>. to 5. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to definitely be doing that to, um, yeah, to, to earn some money to, to spend going rallying. That's it. Listen, William, congratulations again on the other day. Um, we'll be watching your progress very, very closely here on the Irish Early Podcast. And thanks for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure, all right? Yeah, no, it's great to be on and hopefully we can have a catch-up after the next few rounds. Absolutely, we'll keep in touch. Thanks, William. Cheers, Kevin. Thank you very much. Now, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Sam Moffat on the Irish Rally Podcast. Sam, congratulations on a fantastic victory on Monday. Um, I would say, without any shadow of a doubt, it probably came as a slight bit of a surprise to you, given your reaction. Oh, it, it definitely did. Now, we... Uh... We went there thinking, you know, it'd be great to get in the top three or something racing the, the guys in the BRC. It's it's always fierce competition there, but I suppose, yeah, we were we were getting on well from the first stage. You know, we were a few seconds off the lead, and we kind of took it more serious. Well, we were obviously taking it serious, but we felt the opportunity that we could push on and maybe even get a podium. And I think we had a good push in the middle middle stages, and and that gave us a great opportunity. And yeah, we we got right up to the very front, and thankfully we were fit to race race the guys right to the end, and just pipped it no more. Yeah, you didn't you didn't leave much room at the end of it. In fairness, but uh, yeah, obviously that made it all the sweeter and probably even more exciting again. Yeah, like I think I don't know. I'm going to get muddled up on stages, but 
think stage six, we were right down to zero zero with Reese and stage seven, we took a second or two. And then on the last stage, we knew there was nothing in it. It was just flat out. Didn't really matter. And he took one back and we won by one, but we weren't sure at the time, you know, who had what and stuff. So yeah, there was a wee bit of an unsure when we came over the line. Did we actually get it? Did we not? And then I, I couldn't believe it. Like, you know, you had so many names there. Um, and, you know, couldn't believe that we, we'd managed. So, you know, the rest of the ERC is not going to be easy. I'm not going to say we're going to be up there for them all, but it certainly has given us a good appetite to push on now. And obviously it was your first event in anger in the new car as well. Um, how long did it take you to settle and how did you find it in comparison to the previous machinery? Yeah, I suppose I've always been driving Fiesta. A lot of my success, I suppose, has came in Fiestas. And, you know, we, we hired a car from Dommy Buckley and it was great. We we went for a very small test on it. And yeah, I really liked the car. Compared to the old car, it seems to be a little bit more stiffer, which I quite liked. Um, there's, there's good power in it. Um, hard to say exactly where the benefits are. I really liked the old car and anyone who's ever heard me talk about the old car, I really, really did enjoy it. Um, and yeah, this just seems to be the, uh, a step up and it's great to see it racing the Volkswagens because, you know, everyone talks about the Volkswagen being the top car, but I think the Fiesta showed at the weekend there was there was more than one of us racing the Polos and, and good to be putting the times in again. them, And it gives me good confidence going into the rest of the BRC that we have a good car and and uh, it's fit to compete with all the other R5 cars and, you know, delighted and glad it worked out. Absolutely. And in terms of the event itself, so, you know, I was talking to William Creighton earlier and I said, I had a kind of a feel of Lurgan Park about it slightly in that, you know, he was kind of saying even beforehand, you're tipping around on the bike. There was no real recce or anything like that. And in terms of notes, you, you got diagrams or some kind of mad stuff like that. Yeah, a bit of a squiggle around, around the page. But yeah, it wasn't easy, you know, trying to... Uh... I wouldn't say it was circuit racing at the same time. There was an element of it for sure. But like we we done quite a lot of gravel sections, jumps, water splashes, tight chicane, some very tight. And uh, in fact, I think part of the gravel was one of the reasons that on stage five and six that we actually caught back up to the lead. It was quite dusty. And there was commitment in there in the gravel with the dust and everything. And I think that's where we gained some of our time. And Yeah. It was a strange first round for the BRC, but I enjoyed it. I think the recce maybe was the strangest part, but as a rally and on the first round of the BRC, it was very welcoming to meet the whole BRC and everything. So, yeah, we were very happy with it. Yeah, and obviously there was great live coverage, which we're all following as well. And, you know, just from looking at it, and I was saying this to William as well, that, uh, you know, you kind of mentioned it did have a, a circuit feel to it or whatever. There was, a lot of, there was a lot of traffic out there at different stages and a couple of tricky intersections. So... Um, you know, I won't say it was a cross between touring cars and a few other things, but there was certainly an element to that and uh, a little bit of madness at times as well. But you had to be very cognizant. Like I was saying to William, your navigator is probably nearly like a guy that's, you know, you're pulling out the end of a junction and you're trying to see his rat coming. At times it seemed that way, but I don't know, was it actually like that to compete in? Yeah, there was, there was, yeah, I suppose when you say it, it's kind of like, there was kind of like turning car for the weekend. I suppose it was nearly a mixture of touring car, rally cross, and rallying all mixed into <laughs> one there. Um, but yeah, there was the elements of you know because you were going for a second lap the odd time. There was one just making sure that you know because you didn't have full notes that you did go left twice and then right the third time or whatever way it was, and it can sometimes get confusing 
because there was more than one split within one stage. So it was going right for the water splash and then keeping left somewhere else. And, you know, yes, it was down to the navigators and, and Keith and fairness, he done a, an exceptional job again. And uh, yeah, like catching the cars and stuff was definitely tricky. And sometimes you come up to a chicane and it was tighter than it was the previous because someone had hit it or it was a little bit more open. So yeah. I think it was swings and roundabouts forever. And one time you might've got the advantage of the cone or the bale being moved. And then next time someone else got that advantage back. And, you know, we did get caught up like everybody within traffic, whether they were just coming out onto the track or they were on their first lap and they were raising the dust fee. And, you know, I, I know there's a lot of frustration there, but I do believe it was the same for everybody. So in that sense, you know, fair is fair. Yeah. And, you probably didn't get caught much of it the last three stages, thankfully, where where it really mattered and where, where you really pushed on. And also, I would suggest that perhaps you must have felt a bit more comfortable at that point that you knew you could push on another little bit of gear, that you got familiar with things like. Yeah, we we did get slightly held up. It was no multiple of seconds, but just um, one person had a bit of a flat wheel. They didn't really hold us up so much, but you had to come off the accelerator, um, which, again, is only half a second or whatever but when Sometimes we were down it matters to, yeah when when it was as tight as it was the other day it matters yeah yeah when it comes down on, on the very last stage it was going to take a lot it was going to take a lot of something to get me to slow down i'll tell you that much and thankfully on the last stage now um the person who came out on their first lap had we had a good enough distance or they were going hard enough that we did get a clean enough run at it um and yeah i suppose it was just one of those days that luck was on our side i'm you know very grateful for it and you know, I think it was a credit to the event organizers to get the spacing somewhat right. You know, it was never that you're landing out right at the exact same time as someone. There was that element of, you know, you had to catch them. It wasn't just racing side by side all the time. You may have had to catch that person. So, yeah. What do you do, I suppose? How did Josh find it then? Was he kind of, of similar sentiment? Um. Yeah, I think, well, Josh normally goes very well in those type of events. Uh, I think they were just trying to get their feel with, with the Hyundai there. Um, I do know that there's never much in between us any time we do race. So I think he had a few challenges under his belt. And, you know, I, I do fear myself in, in the gravel where he goes very hard there. So we'll see how he goes in, um, in the next round. So I'd say he's going to be a force to be reckoned with now when we get to the next round. Yeah. Um so like in terms of your plans prior to the event and now your plans after the event was it your intentions to do a full season hell for leather um beforehand and if not i'd imagine things have changed a little bit since monday <laughs> given the fact you're leading the thing now yeah well that i suppose the prep up to the, to the rally was i was uh, out of the country on business all week and i came back home and packed repacked the bag and went to the rally I suppose I'm not a person who's looking at career at a rally and it's a hobby and, and I want to enjoy it as much as possible. And that's what I said to Keith going into the very last days is like, you know what, Keith, let's go out and enjoy this as much as possible because that's what we're here to do. Um, so look at my commitment up to it was, was not days of preparation or anything. It was, it was work. And, you know, if I can balance both lives, you know, it, it's, it's always good. I suppose, yes, there'll be a more serious approach to it, which wouldn't have been as high in my priority going up, thinking that I may not be racing the guys at the very, very front of the BRC. I knew I wouldn't be, you know, 15th or whatever. I kind of had an idea that we run in around 5th, 6th. Um, 
but yeah, we, we're now at the top and it will make me focus more at night and try and watch old DVDs of people or, or YouTube of people from the Nicky Christ and, and all the other rallies and it will make me put in the effort and I can remember back from 2017 when we won a few championships in Ireland, the dedication it takes from finishing fifth to trying to be at the very top takes a hell of a lot of work and if we want to compete there, the effort is going to have to go in because these guys do not hang around in the forests. And if I can bring you back to 2017 when you won the Tarmac Championship, the National Championship and the Forestry Championship, first time I think it's been ever done, Like, what was your mindset at that time? Was it to be dead serious about all three? Was it kind of like the way you approached the British Championship initially and relaxed a little bit? And how does your thought process get tailored, I suppose, in the middle of all that? Because... Yeah, as you mentioned, you do have the business, you have the, the family life as well. Um, how do you kind of make that work and find the right balance? Yeah, I suppose 2017, you know, we had a lot of work on and stuff as well. And I suppose the, the, the trickiest championship and not taken away from any of the rest of them was the Irish Tarmac. And we wanted to win that. And we wanted to win them all, but we never thought, you know, it was kind of a matter of we'll keep going until one kind of falls by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one that I really, really wanted was the was the tarmac. And then, you know, we we won the first two rounds of the national, went to the tarmac. We had a good start to it as well. And the first you came in and we had a great start as well. So it was kind of like, where are we going with this? And, uh, <laughs> But it was always the it was always the tarmac that I really wanted because you know you had so many names in there and I really wanted it. But then the national we had such a good start um, and we won all six rounds of that and we got that secured quite early in the year and that let us focus more on tarmac and then the gravel my pace in the gravel even today might not be its best and yeah we put a bit of effort into getting the gravel because I really struggled with watching the DVD just to do the gravel um, and getting no recce because I think in any part of rallying, the notes is the most important thing and that's what I couldn't get doing on the gravel. But we knuckle down and it's all about homework, sitting at night at 10 or 11 o'clock with your co-driver and just saying, right, we're going to watch this stage a few times. And, you know, it's not, it's not something I did before then. It's not something, you know, I sickened myself in 2017 and, the only time I went back to watching DVDs or trying to find the last little second so you're right at the top was for Donegal in 2019. And and it's the difference between fifth and sixth and racing for first and second is putting yeah. in that little bit of extra and effort. And I think if we want to compete here with these guys in the British, it's going to take that little bit of extra effort. Yeah. So you're going to refer back to those kind of tactics where, and obviously that before that weekend ended in such tragedy that had been going so well for you because you were obviously ahead at the time. So is it uh, is it that, you know, are you planning on kind of adopting that now again that you won this event? You're going to like, okay, I need to kind of go back to this route and, and really study really hard because, you know, not many drivers have won that British Championship either and it's something that you'd like to have. You have your key Cronins, you have, you know, Billy Coleman yeah. is one or two, just, but you'd, you'd love to, um, maybe yeah. even out one or two in the middle of that. But Jesus, Sam Mock yeah, was... beside that now wouldn't be a bad thing either, would it? No, it wouldn't be a bad thing for sure. It'd be nice to do it. Um, it's definitely, definitely not going to be easy and a lot of hard work. But, you know, I think we've a, it's it's always, and, and 2017 was the same. It was a team effort. You know, Tom Gahan gave me a very reliable car in 2017 to be fit to do that. I had very dedicated co-drivers that allowed me to also do that. And, you know, with Carl Atkinson, Keith, my, my Artie, James Fulton, 
Um, and Stephen Thornton was and Dara Kelly as well all sat with me in 2017. And, you know, I don't believe it's all down to the driver, it's all down to the team. And, and this year we have uh, Dommy and Keith. And, you know, I think it's going to come down to the whole team playing, getting set up right and everything. And I, it's definitely not going to be just won by me on my own. So, yeah, it's going to take a full package to try and, to try and progress this further. And obviously, just looking at the calendar, which was brought up by Motorsport Ireland this week, and again, we're hopeful that those events can go ahead. It does seem like, you know, it will facilitate a proper assault on the British Championship. The only thing that I could see that was clashing was Donegal Harvest, which you probably would be looking at. And um, let me just check now, because I do have the calendar here to hand as well, which which one that was. Uh, the Mull Rally, I think it was. Yeah, the Mull Rally it was clashing with. So... It could work out fairly all right in that you might get to do all those events and still have a little, you know, uh, venture on some of the other stages as well, which you obviously love first and foremost. Yeah, like one I'm very excited for would be Cork. Um, I think it's some of the best stages in the country and down there, and it'd be really nice to get doing them. If it if it fell just before a tarmac rally in the in the BRC, it'd be all the better for a bit of testing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I. I, the, the roots of, of me and Josh's rallying has always been in Ireland so if, if we can get a bit of rallying back home it's always a great benefit and an, and an easy enjoyment spin down the road and no flights and all that so yeah, yeah we'll take it if we can get it Absolutely and it's great that it is looking so promising as well Sam in comparison to where we have been like because yeah. even up to a couple of months ago it wasn't looking great there like, and now we seem to have a little bit of light yeah, it's great to get the light on, you know, in all aspects of motorsport, you know, hill climbs, autocross, everything seems to be coming back now. And, you know, it's a credit to the effort of being put in by the clubs and stuff. And Yeah, it'd be great to see a bit of rallying going back and, and hopefully, uh, you know, we can get the excitement back in and, and, and keep people interested in our sport because I know we've had some challenging years with it and with insurance and different things. Hopefully it can, uh, it can all get better and we can enjoy the rallying and people stand on the hedges again. Yep, couple couple of last things before we we finish up. You know, it, one thing that just struck me was the whole thing where you know you're kind of maybe you didn't use this exact phrase, but kind of in it for the crack. You're you're very good at it. Like, is there a thought process? Surely there's ability and skill there to to do it as a profession. Like, no, I don't. Was, have was it a thought process ten years ago? No, no, never. Uh, I enjoy no. No, or my brother, story. I wouldn't say ah. I don't think so. I think you need to be, you need to be one in a million. And I think you know you can be fast at home, but trying to go to, you know, we may have been racing Craig in Ireland, but to go to to race him in Finland, sure he would be hours ahead of us. You know, and you know you can be specialised or good at home. I don't think it's not a career I actually would be interested in. I think you know it takes a lot of hard work and dedication, and I I enjoy what I do in my work, and I enjoy rallying as a release and a hobby not as a job as such and I'm not trying to say that um I wouldn't be grateful if I got the opportunity but I think uh, with a head in my shoulders I'd rather you know look at life in general and, and what I want to do for the rest of my life and rallying as a hobby is what I'm very happy at and if I'm good at it and good enough to win a few rallies at it all the better you're happy and last but not yeah. least a few things happened over the last couple of months you got married how is married life yeah. treating you well, it seemed to be treating me all right now. We got we won yeah. the first turn of the VRC, so uh, I suppose a few good things came out of it. Um, and she let you go to it as well. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We we maybe that's the reason I signed up for the British Championship to keep the, the button in. 
<laughs> no, it was it was good. We got we got married. Uh, we had a nice small wedding actually at the house, and uh, yeah, we, we had a great time. We tried to do it numerous times back in 2020, and you know, with COVID and everything, everything fell through for us. So we took the plunge, and uh, yeah, we had a, we had a fantastic day, and here we are, and the ring's on now. So that's me. Um, There's no World Rally Championship now. <laughs> no, definitely not. Well, you wouldn't know, but it might slip away for one. But yeah, uh, yeah, no. We had a great time there and, you know, we'll see how we get on for the rest of the year. And, you know, thanks for inviting me on. And I, I do enjoy watching your podcasts and, um, yeah, looking forward to the rest of them. I don't really want to look back at my own now, but I look forward to the rest of them. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people that are going to want to look at it. So, listen, come here, Sam. I really appreciate the kind of words. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, and we'll link up again soon. And best luck for the rest of the championship. Good to t- chat to you here on Derek Charlie Podcast. All right. Thanks very much. Thank you. Yes, there you have it, folks. Sam Moffat, and before that, William Creighton, and massive congrats once again to both of them. And I mentioned also for Nola Sullivan, who partnered Ocean Price to third overall. And in the top 20, it was sixth place for Desi Henry. Gary McElhenney guided Seb Perez to 10th place, with Josh Moffat and Andy Hayes in 11th. Endo O'Brien was an impressive 14th in his first outing in a Polo R5. That was just ahead of Joe McGonigal and Kieran Ganey in 15th, with James Wilson and Arthur Kearns in 16th. Plenty more Irish crews, of course, were scattered across the final standings, and in all, less than a handful failed to make it home, with Gary Jennings and Rory Kennedy being one of those who have been moving well up on the last two stages and looked on course to take the national honours before retiring. A big well done also to Derek Tohill who won round two of the British Rally Cross Championship after overcoming adversity of course during the weekend and best luck to Callum Devine and James Fulton who are of course in Lithuania this weekend as they continue their preparations for the ERC. Don't forget of course you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Irish Rally Pod if you want to get in touch. Also you can email us at irishrallypodcast at gmail.com don't forget to subscribe and follow on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the episodes. And the episode, of course, is in association with FAC, the simply automatic choice for automation equipment for gates, doors, barriers, and rising bollards, available from your security installer and electrician. Distributed to trade in Ireland, North and South by National Automation, the one-stop distributor for automation equipment, door entry intercom systems, CCTV, intruder and fire alarms, access control, and locks. And for more, of course, you can visit nal.ie forward slash products. We will have a lot more coming your way very soon, and it's great to actually finally do an episode based on ongoing events, which, of course, is why the podcast was set up initially. We look forward to plenty of those in the future all going well. But until next time, take care.